If I look exhausted this morning, it's because for the last four days, uh, Elizabeth was out of town with our youngest, Truett, getting uh, her mom moved in Alabama. So for the last four days, I had our seven-year-old and five-year-old by myself. And uh, this is going to be a short sermon. Uh, Didn't have as much time. I hope you'll be gracious. Um, No, but let me just say... Moms, wow, that's a lot of work. You know, it's just, it's hard. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, hats off, Carol's hats off. Uh, just hats off to you guys. I don't, I don't know how you do it. And single moms especially, at, gosh, you, you're my heroes. I can't, I can't imagine. Uh, oh, it's just so hard. Uh, but anyway, uh, raise your hand. Do you? Does anybody know who's playing in the Super Bowl today? By the way, do you know that there's a Super Bowl? Uh, does anybody know who's playing? Uh, yeah, I. You know, I. I guess I. Uh, I, I don't really. Uh, I don't really care so much. But uh, there will be 188 million people watching the Super Bowl today. And I did. I wanted to. I wanted to share this before we uh, get into the message, though. Um, I wanted to uh, share something. I've seen, uh, I hope this doesn't offend you, but uh, I've seen a lot of hate and uh, in recent news about a man um, who is in constant winner, a constant overachiever, and uh, that's what the people that support him like about him, that he's a winner, that he's an overachiever, and he's been caught in some lies, and maybe he's twisted the truth a little bit, and, but he's out there proving his uh, haters wrong, and some people are just jealous, um, he says some things at the wrong time. Some people uh, are jealous of his success and his money and throw a model in there at his side, and uh, that makes people hate him even more. And uh, You may not have wanted him in his role, but uh, he's there now, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I know it's just going to get worse over the next few days, um, but like it or not, Tom Brady is in the Super Bowl. And so I hope that doesn't offend you, but that's just the facts. I really, uh, I did labor and ask a few elders if I should really say that this morning or not, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame it on them. Can't we all just laugh? It's just, it's just, it's just so hard and so, gosh, it's just so hard. Well, anyway, uh, there, there is a big football game today, uh, and there are two teams that most of us don't care about playing in it, but uh, at the end of tonight's game, there will be, a award, there, there will be an award given, a uh, trophy given to the winning team, and that award is called the Lombardi Trophy, and many of you probably have heard of Vince Lombardi, the legendary famous coach and his incredible coach, and there's a lot of Lombardi stories out there, and I think a lot of them are probably legends. But uh, much like Yogi Berra, there's a lot of uh, Lombardi stories. And one of my favorite Lombardi stories, and he coached uh, uh, another team that will go unnamed. But uh, Vince Lombardi was once asked by a newspaper reporter, he said, Coach Lombardi, what's the secret? Why are are your teams so good? Why are your teams so dominating, uh, so effective? Why do you have such winning teams? And Coach Lombardi had this simple answer, and a simple answer was this. Well, it's easy, actually. We block and we tackle. Reporter like, what? Everybody blocks and tackles. Coach Lombardi, but yeah, we block 
and tackle. We block and tackle. And as you know, what Coach Lombardi was saying, there is is no secret sauce, there's no special recipe, but the basics, blocking and tackling, the fundamentals, that's what we do. And we do them well, and we win games, and we're effective because we've learned to block and tackle. Just the basics, just the fundamentals. Well, beginning this Sunday and next Sunday, we're going to take two weeks to kind of talk about our our mission as a church and our theme for 2017. And let me just tell you up front, it's blocking and tackling. Uh, There's nothing that you're going to hear from me in the message today or in our vision next week, their goals that we share with you. There's nothing you're going to say, oh my gosh, there's a missing ingredient. I I never knew that. I'm glad you, you told me that. It's simply blocking and tackling. But it's what Jesus taught us to do. It's what Jesus wanted us to be about, his mission and his uh, vision for his disciples, what we would do. It's blocking and tackling. So this week, we're going to begin this kind of two-week look into the life of Centennial Church and what we feel as as your staff and elders and deacons, where we feel like God is taking us uh, in the coming months and just kind of what we're purposed for, all right? So this is uh, week one of that. And uh, here's where we're going. Uh, I realized this morning as I, I, I teach the, the sermon to the teachers before you guys get here, I don't know if you know that, but I realized this morning that there's a reason that preachers always have three points, and it's because we don't have time for four. And I had a four-point sermon here, and we're not going to get to point four, okay? So here's the four headings, all right? Uh, first of all, we're going to look at our mission our mission. Secondly, we're going to look at our theme, our 2017 theme. And then thirdly, we're going to look at our plans. And fourthly, we're going to hold that off till next week. Okay? So I just couldn't do it. That's why it's always three points because it's all I can get to. And sometimes I don't finish those. So that's where we're going, okay? Uh, look at our vision, 2017, Centennial in 2017. First of all, our mission. What are we about? What are we uh, called to do? What do we want to do as people who are followers of Jesus as a, ch- as a church body that gathers here on Coit? What do we want to be about? Well, a year ago, we adopted this mission statement, just a year ago, and our mission statement says this. I hope some of you know this, but our mission statement says we want to center lives on Jesus Christ. That's what we're about, centering lives on Jesus Christ. We've been looking uh, for the last four weeks in our series on mission, we've been looking at uh, what's popularly called the Great Commission. And in the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, uh, Jesus says to his disciples in some of his last moments with them, he says, go therefore into all the world and make disciples of the nations, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, we've basically spent the last four weeks kind of unpacking that idea that we're, we're about this mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's another way of saying centering lives on Jesus Christ. That your life, my life, and the, the lives of those who are not gathered here with us this morning, life is supposed to be centered about Jesus Christ. When Jesus said make disciples, the word disciple means follower or pupil or student. The idea here is that we're followers of Jesus. We, we sit at his feet. We learn. We follow him. We're students of Jesus in the first century. And uh, days before the first century, you would have these rabbis, and they would have their followers. They would have their disciples, their students. 
And what we're saying in centering lives on Jesus Christ is we want our life to be focused upon Jesus, to be centered on Jesus. And to be centered on something means that it's the focus, right? That other things are measured and arranged by that center. It's not periphery or peripheral, perhaps I should say. Uh, Jesus is not peripheral to my life, but Jesus uh, calls uh, himself to be center to my life and to be center to our church. It's not just uh, an appendix that's unnecessary or not just an accessory to our life, but the very center to be followers of Jesus, lives centered on Jesus Christ. And that's what he wants of us, and that's what he wants for the world. In fact, even the unbelievers that are not gathered here this morning or in any church in our area or around the world this morning, he wants all of life to be centered upon his son, Jesus Christ. Go and make disciples. You've heard that over the last four weeks. It's not just being a, a disciple. It's not just being a student. Another way you can say that, though, is, uh, is, is it's about a relationship with God. It's knowing God. And in fact, Jesus himself said this, John 17, 3, Jesus said this, this is eternal life. Now catch this. He defines eternal life here. He doesn't say eternal life is living forever in heaven with me. That's not the way Jesus defines eternal life. Jesus says eternal life is knowing the Father and knowing the Son whom he sent. Jesus defines the purpose of life. Jesus defines eternal life not as quantitative but as qualitative. Jesus defines eternal life as a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We're supposed to follow him. We're supposed to be his students. We're supposed to sit at his feet. We're also supposed to know him. That's what Jesus is saying there in John 17, that we may know him. Paul says a similar says it in a similar way. I love this passage, Philippians 3.10. Philippians 3.10, this cry of Paul, this declaration of what he wanted his life to be about, he says, I want to know Christ. I want to know him and the power of the resurrection that I may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. But I love those beginning words. I want to know Christ. To have our life centered on Jesus is to walk in a relationship with him, to follow him, to know him, to have a relationship with him. But it doesn't end there. Because Jesus also told his followers, he said in Matthew 4, 19, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So the Great Commission doesn't end, doesn't terminate on ourself, but it actually turns and reaches out to the people around us and says, if we're really followers of Jesus, then our mission is not over. Our mission is to find other people and help them become followers of Jesus. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So someone that's truly a disciple, someone that's really following Jesus is not uh, fully being a disciple until they're helping other people make disciples. Make disciples, baptize them, and teaching them all that I've commanded you. And one of the things he commanded us is to go and make disciples. Disciples making disciples, centering our lives on Jesus Christ. That's nothing new if you've been around here before. That the center of our life, the power of our life, the focus of our life, be the Son of God, Jesus himself. Secondly, uh, our mission is centering lives on Jesus Christ, but our theme, our focus for 2017 this year is this. It's simple. It's blocking and tackling. And you've heard me say it in weeks before, actually. But our theme, our focus this year is read the word and share the word. Whoa, crazy. 
But read the word and share the word. It's blocking and tackling as as a church, as followers of Jesus, as as his students. We want to be about the word of God. Now, Jesus is the word made flesh. But Jesus has given us the word inscripturated, the the very words of God that we might be people of this book. So our focus, we've already said in weeks previous, is to be people who read the word and share the word. Turn with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, and if you uh, have been around here, you know that beginning February the 19th, we're going to start a series through the book of Romans. And uh, we're jumping ahead here to Romans chapter 10, and I want us to look at verse 17. Verse 17, Romans 10, 17. Now, I can be uh, cynical, so let me just tell you. If I were visiting a church and the pastor said, we're going to talk about our 2017 vision, vision, so open up to Romans 10, 17, I'm going to think, that guy just chose verse 17 because it's the year 2017. What a schmuck. No, that's not. But I, let me be honest with you and say, this, this, <laughs> this verse was picked. We were talking about this theme uh, before it dawned on me that it was 2017. Uh, so that's my defense, okay? Uh, so Romans chapter 10, verse 17, and look at what uh, the Apostle Paul writes here. He says in verse 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. How do you grow your faith? Well, there's a lot of ways to answer that question, but how do you grow your faith? According to this verse, you grow your faith. Faith comes from hearing and that hearing the word of Christ. Guess what? You come to faith in Christ by hearing the word of Christ. Guess how you grow in Christ? By hearing the word of Christ. We don't uh, come to Jesus by faith and then leave faith and leave Jesus to the side and grow by self-discipline or, or human effort. We actually continually come back to the word of Christ found in the word of God, the gospel. It was Charles Spurgeon, I think, who originally said, preach the gospel to yourself every day. Every day, preach the gospel to yourself. We need to be about the gospel, about the word of Christ in the word of God. And so that's why every week that we gather in our corporate gatherings, this book is going to be prominent. Because it exposes, it, 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 it shows us the person of Jesus Christ. And so, folks, this book, this Bible, this gift to us in God's word is the bread and butter of Centennial Church, and I hope it always will be. That our regular diet will do topical messages. We've been doing four messages in various places in the Bible, but our bread and butter, the majority of the 52 weeks a year that we gather corporately like this, we're going to be working through books of the Bible. Beginning February 19th, that'll be the book of Romans. What an incredible book. But we want to be people of the book because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ, the word of God. So we continually bring ourselves back to God's word and we continually make Christ the center by exposing this book. I don't know about you, uh, but there's a lot of noise and a lot of competing voices in my world. And I love books. My office is filled with books. I have hundreds, perhaps maybe a thousand books that I look at my bookshelf and I think, man, I got a lot of books. And you know what? I'm often tempted to grab one of those books and to replace this book with the books on the shelf. But folks, this is our rich reservoir. 
This is the well from which we go to that shows us the person of Jesus. And so that's what we want to be centered about as a church. And that's what we want our adult Bible fellowship to be centered about. We have places uh, to expose ourselves corporately with, with other brothers and sisters throughout the week. One of those is our adult Bible fellowship class that meets at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Most of you know that we have community groups, home groups that meet at various times uh, throughout the week. We also have men's Bible studies and ladies' Bible studies to gather with other brothers and sisters and get the Word of God in us so that we learn, so that we get the Word of God in us so that we then share the Word of Christ. So we have these things that we do together but we also have uh, a plan that we're offering you this, this year personally uh, to help you read the word and share the word. And if you haven't seen this yet, back on the Connection Center, if you don't have this card, I encourage you to go and get this at the Connection Center after the service, okay? We handed this out before Christmas. On one side of it is our Bible reading plan that we've adopted for 2017. It has the, the verses that you read each day. It's got a little checkbox there. And we're encouraging everyone in our church to read through the Bible together. We're not gonna read the whole Bible in 2017, But this is our reading plan that that in unison, in community, we would go through the word of God together. We would be people of the book. But not only to read the word of God, on the other side is, is a place along with some other verses in Romans. And it's a challenge for us to share the word. To read the word and share the word. And I've challenged you in weeks past to, to pray about uh, a, the name of a family on your street. A co-worker a teammate, someone in your class that God puts on your heart that you want to reach out with the word of Christ to share the gospel with. And we've talked about a very simple strategy in 2017 to reach out to people. And that simple strategy is prayer, care, share. Isn't that cute? It rhymes. Prayer, care, share. You begin by praying for those folks. You begin praying, God put people in my path that I can love and I can share Christ with. So you begin with prayer. And secondly, you care. You just look for tangible, practical ways to love your neighbors, to care for your coworkers, to show Christ's love to your teammates. Prayer, care, and then share. You look for opportunities or you even make opportunities. You put yourself out there and you share the gospel. You share, hey, this is what God has done in my life hey, this is the good news that I heard years ago that's transformed my life. So we want to be people this year who read the word and share the word. That's just blocking and tackling. That's just blocking and tackling. But guess what? It's the basics that Jesus has called us to. And guess what? It makes a difference in people's lives. If I were to just ask you right now, now don't raise your hands, don't answer out loud, but if I were just to survey this crowd this morning and just say, who or what has been the the greatest influence in your life? Spiritually, you could say that, but not even spiritually. Just if I ask you the question, who or what has been the greatest influence in your life? Here's here's my hunch. And correct me on this if you you think I'm wrong, but I would say for 95% of us in this room, the greatest influence in our life, not even spiritually, but especially spiritually, the greatest influence in our life has not been a what, it's been a who. Am I wrong? 
As you thought about something that has most affected you spiritually, I guarantee you most of us didn't, didn't think about a movie. Uh, we probably didn't even think about a, a, a book we read or a Bible study we went to. If we thought about a book or a Bible study we went to, we probably thought of the person that first invited us to go to that study or handed us that book or gave us that movie. But for most of us, the greatest impact, the greatest impact in our life is not what, but it's who. It's someone that God has put in our lives. How about Centennial Church? Go out of here. Start here and go everywhere and be impact players to share the word of God with others. That's gonna make the biggest difference. It's not gonna be a cool website. It's not gonna be a 30-second commercial on the radio. It's certainly not gonna be one of those emails that said, read this and forward it to 10 people or you'll burn in hell. That's not gonna be it either. It's gonna be people that come into lives and prayerfully and carefully share the love of Jesus. It's people. It's always been people. And that's why God sent Jesus, a person, in flesh and blood. It's blocking and tackling. We want to read the word, and we want to share the word. And the great news is, God still uses broken and imperfect people to reach broken and imperfect people. God always uses broken and imperfect people to reach broken and imperfect people. And I'm one of those broken and imperfect people. And you are too. And God has said to each one of us, go and make disciples. Be about my word and share my word. Our mission, centering lives on Jesus Christ. Our theme, our focus in 2017, read the word and share the word. Next week, we're going to get specific. We're going to get into the, the practicalities. In fact, here's what you have to look forward to. Next week, you're going to get a brochure that has 17 goals for 2017. 17 goals in 2017. And I'm not going to unveil those this morning, but let me give you a little teaser. Let me give you a little taste of some things that we are prayerfully hoping that God provides, that God allows us to do in the coming months of this year. One of those, one that we think is really important is we wanna hire a part-time junior high minister. How, how many of us know the, the difficulty of being a teenager in this world? And we have, over the last few years, we have put more resources, more money, and more staffing into our kids and students. And this year, we wanna increase that by hiring a part-time junior high minister who will also give leadership to a nightly, a weekly night program. Right now we have our junior high program predominantly on Sunday mornings with a few events on Sunday nights a couple times a month. We want to have a weekly junior high ministry with a part-time staff person. We also want to give more money to missions and we want to continue the CC CARES projects that we've done. We want to have nine to 10 CC CARES service projects in 2017. We want to take another trip to Haiti, we wanna build another house in Haiti. And maybe right now, God's stirring in you. God, I, I wanna go and be a part of your work around the world in Haiti. The people that went on that trip uh, were deeply impacted. As we watched the video that I'm gonna show you right now, as we watched the video with the teachers this morning, one of the guys that went on that trip, just tears fill his eyes as he says, you know, that was the best week vacation I could have taken. 
to give, to spread God's word amongst people that don't have the opportunities we have and and to practically show our care and compassion for people that don't even have a roof over their heads. We wanna take another trip to Haiti. Our high school kids and some of their friends are also gonna take a mission trip to New York, but I'm starting to give away the, the, uh, the particulars. Check out this video from uh, our trip in 2016 to Haiti. Your love is like radiant diamonds bursting inside us. We cannot contain your love will surely come find us like blazing wildfire singing your name God of
Maybe some of you have already prayed. Maybe you want to pray this morning. God, would you have me be a part of that team that in 2017 goes back to Haiti to provide a home for folks uh, that don't have a roof over their heads? Now, what I need to say also about this project, and I love so much about it, is not only were we building homes there in, con- in coordination with the Step Seminary, but we were also sharing the gospel. So this is the way at Step Seminary, this is the way they provide these homes in the neighborhood that is right next to the seminary there in Haiti. Uh, they not only provide the home, but they have students from the seminary that are helping build the house along with the team from the states and, and along with the family. And those seminary students are sharing the gospel with the neighbors around that house building, around that house build. So the folks that went on our trip said there was one day as the gospel was shared, as the house was, was being built, that a handful of people came to faith in Christ as they heard the gospel and they saw the gospel impact people with compassion so they, want, they wanted to provide a home for people without. So they, they heard the good news in the context of people doing good works. They saw compassion and they heard a message of grace. We're working with the president of Step Seminary to get him to come speak to our church in April. And then we're also going to have a benefit pancake breakfast after uh, Easter to help raise money for this house build, this next house build that we want to do in Haiti. Turn with me again to Romans 10, and this time read along with me, follow along with me, verse 13 down to verse 17. Okay, open your Bibles. Romans 10, and I'm closing with this. Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But verse 14, how will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And then he gets this in this next line. He does, he, Paul says something that's really radical in the first century uh, as well as in the 21st century. He talks about feet and how beautiful feet are. And I beg to differ. Uh, you know, I told you I was watching the kids this week and, and fight. We had, so baths were a little less frequent this week than they were on normal weeks. And Campbell was, was going uh, without socks most of the week. And one afternoon I was like, girl, your feet stink, stink. Woo! You're a cute one, but man, your feet stink. But the apostle Paul here says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. How beautiful are those who take the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who need to hear it. And verse 16 But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? Verse 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Let's read the word and let's share the word. It's the only unique thing we have to do. Quite honestly, there's other organizations building homes in Haiti. There's always the Red Cross There's always the Peace Corps. There's always people doing good in the world. But what the church has the unique calling and responsibility for is to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who have not heard it. Read the word and share the word. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you that in this um, crazy 
divided, wheels-off world, you have not left us without hope in the midst of chaos. And Lord, I pray that our hearts this morning would be emboldened, would be uh, built up with courage, of gospel courage, to start here and to go everywhere, to leave these walls and to go into our neighborhoods and our workplace and our schools and share the one unique thing that you've called us to do, and that is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Would you help us to do it with compassion? Would you help us to do it with the love that you yourself showed us in Jesus? And Father, I pray for any heart here this morning, someone that may have walked in here this morning and the good news is is new to them. Father, I pray that right now, any person in this room that does not have the hope of Jesus, the hope of knowing Jesus Christ and you who have sent him, I pray that right now they would just silently pray where they are. You might wanna pray something like this, just silently in your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth for being perfect and taking my sin upon the cross and paying the penalty of my sin so that I can be reconciled to God. Thank you, Jesus, for conquering that sin and death through your resurrection. Jesus, be my savior, be my Lord. Man, if that news of the hope of Jesus of forgiveness through Jesus is new to you this morning and perhaps you prayed a prayer of faith right here with me. I'd love to know that. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to get you connected in God's word in a way that you can grow in following him. Father, again, we thank you that you have not left us without hope, that you have given us Jesus, you have given us your Holy Spirit, who empowers us and lives within us and gives us the power and the courage to go into this world with the good news. Help us do it, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, amen.